Welcome to Multifamily AP 360, the show where we discuss 360-degree views on mindset, passive, and active multifamily investment. If you're looking for tips and strategies, or just want to learn from the experiences of others, both good and bad, then listen on. This is Multifamily AP 360 with your host, Ramakrishna Chunchu. Today's our guest is Abhinandan Jain from Real Wealth. Welcome, Abhi. Thank you, Rama. Thank you for having me here. Sure. Thank you. Little bit about Abhi. As a CEO and co-founder of Real Wealth, Abhi leads a KPO that provides real estate analysis outsourcing services to investors and syndicators. Real Wealth's team of analysis, analysts and managers specializes in various asset classes, offering underwriting, model building, pitch deck preparation, and asset management support. So with that, Abhi, you want to add anything to your background? Yes. So thank you again for having me here. So Rama, what we did as we started this KPU, we started to help investors in the US um, starting three years back in 2020. During COVID, we started freelancing. And after freelancing, we saw that gap between the US market and the requirement of the analyst. So Many of the industries have been outsourcing their processes, but I saw that as an opportunity because it was not happening in real estate particularly. So people were trying to do all their stuff single-handedly, like people who are just starting up, they have to focus on other processes like finding off-market deals, managing broker relationships, and getting investors. So to have them spend time more on the other tasks the, that add value a lot more. We try to have their regular tasks like underwriting outsourced to us. So it helps them basically free up their time. And we as an expert, we have been underwriting deals for the past three years. We have underwritten thousands of deals from if not in 10,000s. So we have underwritten deals across the US, across majority of the asset classes. Just to name a few of them, we have underwritten multifamily, single family, MHP, self-storage, both development and acquisition, retail, commercial, so all those things. And we aim to help them with not only underwriting, but providing them with a team of analysts, senior analyst and manager, so who help them as a team. They don't work as an outsourced analyst or outsourced consultant. They work as a team. So our clients delegate all kinds of stuff to us. It could be underwriting. It could be building models for new leads. It could be preparing investment decks. It could be like any asset management stuff, like doing the actual versus budgeted analysis for the investment report, investors report. So all those kind of stuff. We aim to help them delegate all those stuff that is repeatedly done. And so that they can just free up their time and spend their time in other value-adding tasks. Got it. So what were you freelancing three years back? We started with freelancing platform like Upwork. We started doing that. We started building models uh, related to real estate. We started underwriting these related to multifamily. And multifamily was our initial bread and butter. And we started to learn real estate from multifamily. It has been one of the major core part of our business right now as well. 
So multifamily is a very sophisticated market. But with that, we can like every asset class is different. They operate a little bit differently. But in the end, when you're analyzing each of the asset class is basically coming down to the profit and loss. And we just need to analyze the net operating income. Each property value is basically the same NOI divided by the cap rate. So we just need to like forecast those kind of things, the major impacting things perfectly or as or correctly as we can. And so that like we can be as closer to the value as possible. Got it. So your company is covering like underwriting and also accounting and also asset management. Yes. How much percentage yes. you're focusing? Like how much underwriting, how much accounting? You know, if you split Majority. your Majority of our business right now is particularly related to real estate analysis. And so in real estate analysis, we have different segments. As I said, like whenever we allocate a team of a particular analyst or a senior analyst or a manager, they, you can outsource any kind of deals, whether it's underwriting, whether it's financial modeling, whether it's preparing decks, or whether it is helping them with the asset management stuff. So we can do all those stuff in the real estate analysis part. Then there's another segment that's accounting where we can help people with the bank reco, like doing monthly audit checks for the property level accounting, doing quarterly checks, uh, those kind of things. Accounts payable, accounts receivables, doing vendor payments. Got it. So from underwriting point of view, you guys are uh, underwriting multiple asset classes. So multifamily like MHP or self-storage, senior housing. How much percentage multifamily, how much for different asset classes? Can you elaborate on that? Initially, as I said, like initially we started with multifamily and you know, multifamily was our bread and butter and it's still a major part of our business, but we have been working with a lot of investors now and I don't know the exact percentage of how much multifamily forms part of the whole business, but the biggest one is multifamily. The biggest asset class that we underwrite is multifamily. Got it. Thank you. So you guys are underwriting like thousands of deals, right? So what mm -hmm. are the important things you need to understand from underwriting point of view? So one thing I'll say is it's a common knowledge and I think majority of the people know this, but just to put it out, we don't believe the OM because the brokers tend to like sell the deal and they tend to be very aggressive with things. It could be rents, it could be taxes, it could be any other thing. And as we have already seen in past that taxes and insurances are the major things that can individually kill the deal itself. So we have to be very cautious about the taxes, the insurance, the rents, the premiums. And if it's a lease of deal, how quickly we can lease up if there's demand in the market or not. Majority of these factors are financial factors, but there are some non-financial factors as well. So how's the area look like? So do we have crime in that area? How are the schools in that area? What's the population growth is? The population should not be declining. What's the average household income? And what's the average how home value in that particular area? Those kind of things we try to look initially. Then if we want to dig deeper, we can like our clients help us by touring the comparable properties and helping us with which comparable is a true comp. Because we are in India, we are based in India, all of our analysts are based in India. So we can't tow the property. But what we can do is analyze the comparables and all the properties 
by taking a look at the apartment.com or their website the apartment website so what it does is it can help us take a good guess on which comps are really the good comps and basically by taking a look at the photos and by taking a look at what rents they are charging how far they are things like that they these kind of things help us find the true comp and we can initially underwrite based on that then we like if we like the deal and if the client likes the deal the client usually tend to like tow the property subject property the comparables so it helps us give a good idea they share their notes to us um like what kind of capex exactly they expect what kind of rents they should expect as per our underwriting whether they are matching or not and so things like that we work like a team with our clients got it you touched on really really great points so one point i want to dig deep so you mentioned first point like you should not trust in you know, a broker's performa stuff right so how much broker's performa can trust did you see any broker's data is accurate how many brokers are yes. really accurate yeah share me a little bit I... on that yep yes so i should name any particular broker but i'll say some of the things help us do underwriting quickly so if the broker's package is really good we can find the details like parcel number the taxes and all those stuff although what we do for taxes is really something that set us apart whenever we are underwriting a deal we confirm the taxes with the county so we confirm whether the property will be reassessed right after we purchase the property right after acquisition or there's a different like set of procedures in that particular county so sometimes in north carolina example the properties are reappraised every 4 years so whether we acquire whether we not be appraised after 4 years uh, like from the last year from the last year so we try to confirm those things we try to confirm what kind of method they follow whether they follow income method whether they'll just take the purchase price as market value so we confirm those kind of things confirm the millage rate and take the taxes accordingly got it and for your initial question like in broker package we don't believe any of the information as such like we try to let's say if the deal is not working at 80% of the asking price we try to match what kind of performa they have built and how different it is from our performa and we see like some of the assumptions tend to be very ridiculous like they tend to like rent sometimes they tend to renovate all the properties in the first year itself and tend to achieve the like whatever premium they are assuming to achieve in the first year itself that's really really aggressive we tend to like burn off the loss to lease in a couple of years if it's really high loss to lease we tend to burn off the premiums in a couple of years which we think we can based on the comparables and all those stuff so yeah. we don't believe any of the stuff majority of the stuff in the um we double check everything okay got it so let's say if you if you take if you underwrite 100 deals from this broker how many like how many for how many deals like purchase price and you know asking price is matching based on your underwriting i'll say like in this market right now i'll say that majority of the deals are not working at the asking price but as you know that sellers now are getting used to the market and they are trying to getting they are basically getting used to it and they are decreasing their asking price because they are unable to achieve the off they are not getting any offers at what they expected they can sell the property at 
and they have to sell the property. Some of them have to because the loan is coming due and the interest rates are really high, so they can't refinance the property, so they have to sell it. So they tend to lower their price. So majority of, of our clients, their plan is to like submit offers whatever price it's working for us at. So let's say if a deal is working only at 80% of the asking, we send an LOI for 80%. And in a couple of deals I've seen, like our clients have gotten into best and final with by starting with 80% of the asking. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Some good stuff there. So in current market, how exactly are underwriting like regarding rent projections for next one year, mm -hmm. two years? Can you tell me? Depends on area to area. So like in markets, like, where we have seen a huge growth in rents recently, like Phoenix, let's say. So the rents have increased quite a lot in the recent years. And what we try to do is not take any rent growth in the first year and try to increase the rent growth slowly from second year and stabilize it. And let's say, let's say if 0% in the first year, 3% in the second, and 3 or 4% in the third, something like that, then stabilizing again by the year five. So, but again, it's not just a rule of thumb. We try to analyze the market and see the trends in the rent roll in the T12, how the leases have been. So we try to analyze whether they have been able to achieve the rent growth in the T12 in the actual rents or not. And we tend to take the rent growth accordingly. So for this kind of data, you are mainly referring your T12 rent growth or rent roll and T12 income and expenses or anything else? We have a data, but that's not something that we rely for the rent growth stuff. But a lot of times our, in, uh, our clients send us poster reports and other reports which help us analyze what the rent growth is or the rent growth should be. We have a data for RDs that we haven't written in the past, like what was their expense ratio, what was the pricing and what their expenses were on a per unit basis, something like that. We Got have it. that data, but that is not helpful for the rent growth part. Got it. Thank you. So you guys underwrote like, you know, multiple states, like hundreds of deals or thousands of deals and also almost more than three years, right? So share me some trends or lessons learned from last three years and how exactly you're navigating next few months or next 12 to 18 months. So one thing was we initially used to, we, we tried to create a process where we can underwrite as many deals as possible for our client. And for that, we tend to create a process with them that suits their requirement. Initially, we used to underwrite all the deals that are coming onto the market are coming into the funnel of the client completely. It takes a lot of time. It's We spend like four, five, six hours in underwriting a deal at max, like, Sometimes it takes two, three hours, but sometimes it will take more. So on average, if you say four hours, we, we take to underwrite a complete deal. We try to save that time by doing a quick analysis. We like suggest our clients do a quick analysis. So what it does is help them create a filter of, so let's say if there are a hundred deals that are coming onto the market that are coming into your initial funnel, the big funnel, and you have filters here that's quick analysis so you spend like 45 minutes or so for doing the quick analysis and any deals that are passing on from that funnel to the next is something that will underwrite completely and that tend to save a lot of time 
and have us and write as many deals as possible. Anything else? Yes. So that was one thing. And I've seen that, like, let's say if there are 100 deals are coming to our initial funnel, about 25% of them, something like that passes on to the next funnel. And out of that, if you say like five, six, seven deals work for us, we send LOI for five, six, like something like that to the broker or seller, things like that. And other than that, I'll say that. So from under ending, perspective, anything has changed, like, you know, two years back to now. Yes. People have tend to be very cautious now. Like initially in 2020, 2021, it was really a very aggressive market where people were like every investor was trying to purchase a property. And now everyone is trying to sell it. It should be other way around. When the market is at boom, you should sell. And now the market is at recession, you should start to buy. That's what should happen, right? Because you are able to get the properties at a lower price now than what you were like what you would have got in 2020 or 2021, relatively. So like people were very like aggressive on deals on the rent quotes and all those stuff in 2020, 2021, but now they are really cautious. And that's why the property prices are slashing down because no one is sending offers because they are very cautious about the underwriting and about the deal, about the market. So yeah. uh, the sellers are not getting offers and those who have to sell have to decrease their prices now. Got it. Any other factors did you observe? Any other trends you observed like incidents, real estate taxes or anything else? Real estate taxes were increasing quite a bit. And again, depends upon state to state, city to state, county to county. But as I was seeing the property prices were uh, increasing, basically, I was in 2021, we were underwriting properties that were sold in 2019, 2020, and were coming onto the market at double price. So if the property was sold at $10 million in 2019, that was coming into the market in 2021 at 20 million. So things like that have a huge impact on the real estate taxes. And like those who purchase those deals, those properties at such high prices are, and if they purchase those properties on bridge loan, on a variable interest rate loan, then they are stuck with the higher interest rate now they would not have thought that the interest rate will increase by this much, like this quickly. But now, like those who have purchased rate caps, they are, they are in a better position than for people who have not. That's something different now. Yeah, definitely. That is important stuff. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. So would you share any of your best experience so far? Best experience, I'll say like... As I said, like we started with three people. We were three partners in 2020. Now we are a team of 20. That was something unimaginable for us in 2020. We never thought that will grow to this much. And we are still expanding at a really nice growth. And that's a really nice experience for me. One of the best experience for me. Having my own company, like having a team of myself. And we work as family. We work as friends and we help our clients like as much as we can we are available in like we all of us work in india but we are available in est time zones so we work from nine to five est so would you also share any complicated or challenging scenario or challenging situation challenging is finding the right talent i'll say for our company that is something that we sometimes face challenge with because we have to be cautious on who we are hiring because they will be 
responsible for all the underwritings and all the investment that our clients are doing. So in the end, we are responsible. So we have a training process. We have a hiring process that's very rigorous. We tend to hire only people that are very good in finance with the numbers in Excel and PowerPoint and all those stuff, people who can learn quickly. So that is something a little bit challenging. And then we have created a training process we, where we train the analysts for the first few weeks. And then only then after that, they tend to work on the actual live deals or so. Got it. So what skill you look when you're hiring analysts? First of all, like we hire only from some reputed institutions and we go into the campus. Like here in India, we have something called campus recruitment where we go into colleges and like these, like in the top colleges of India. And we see like which of them is, first of all, we circulate our like vacancies and such things. Whoever is interested, they apply. And we try to find the best suitable candidate. We try to look at someone who is really a quick learner, who can think critically and who has like really, first of all, like we are working with US clients. So communication is a must. And third thing would be like doing the numerical, like having a very good numerical reasoning. First, we are working with numbers every day and we have to work on Microsoft Excel, build formulas. We are surrounded by numbers. So everyone should be really good with the numerical reasoning part. Yeah. So you look for engineering background or accounting, financing background, stuff exactly. Finance background. Finance background. Okay. Okay. Sure. Let's shift towards personal side. So any habits that are helping you to be successful? One thing is I try to be like as physically active as possible. Whenever I'm available, I try to go to a gym or work out regularly. Recently, I started to like ride bikes. So that's something new. Uh, but yeah, those kind of things. Like I love to travel. I like, I love adventure sports. And I try to like go on a vacation every, like for a couple of days, at least for a weekend or so every quarter. Cool. So that freshes up my mind. So which one is your favorite so far? Favorite uh, vacation? Traveling. Which one? Oh, which one? Last year I went to Dubai and I had a dream to skydive from my childhood. And uh, last year I did skydiving from 13,000 feet. And that was unreal. That was unreal. I still, whenever I think about that time, I still get goosebumps. So jumping from 13,000 feet, well, that's totally unreal. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yes. Uh, share me any one personal learning or any one decision that you took that impacted your life positively. I'll say like COVID helped me open this. So like there were very less jobs when I finished my studies. And so hence we had to start freelancing and hence we had to, we started to get to know the real estate through that, through freelancing. We were working with multiple investors, multiple clients at the same time. We worked with like 50, 60 clients or like freelancing platforms where we learned a lot of stuff, a lot of like from different asset classes to different models and different kind of projects. We learned a lot. Awesome. So, so any books that impacted your life? I'm not that much of a book reader, I'll say. I try to like listen to some audiobooks, but that's not my thing. 
Cool. No problem. How can listeners can connect with you? They can connect with me on LinkedIn, on email, or yeah. Uh, so my LinkedIn is open. You can send a message to me. And uh, through email, you can reach out to abhi at the rate therealwell.com. T-H-E-R-E-A-L-V-A-L dot C-O-M. Awesome. Thank you very much, Abhi. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for adding value on the writing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ron. Thank you for having me. Sure. That's the end of this episode of Multifamily AP360, but we'd love to continue to help you on your journey. Head to ushacapital.com slash podcast to join our email list for more tips and strategies. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. This is Multifamily AP360 with Ramakrishna Chunchu. We'll see you next time.